Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. John 13, verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. When he poured, then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash your feet, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. Please don't take that as a literal assignment for your life. This is where people use scripture and do weird stuff. So you don't need to take a shower. All I do is wash my feet. He's not talking about that, okay? He's Anyway, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garment and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher has washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet for I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you truly truly I say to you a servant is not greater than his master nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him if you know these things blessed are you if you do them I am not speaking of all of you I know whom I have chosen but the scripture will be fulfilled he who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me I am telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. After saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he had spoken, one of his disciples who Jesus loved, was reclining at table at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter motioned him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. To ask him, ask him, do the thing, ask him, you know? Can you see this going on? Peter's like looking at John like, do it, do it. You got the bug eyes, like, come on. You, we all want to ask him. You're there, ask him. It's awesome. <laughs> so the disciple leaning back against Jesus said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it is he to whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, what you are going to do, do quickly. Now, no one at the table knew why he said this to him. Some thought that because Judas had the money bag, Jesus was telling him, buy what you need for the feast. 
or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out, and it was night. A lot of things I love about this passage. I'm going to walk through a lot of it. I don't know how far we'll get. I've set myself a clock on purpose because I could talk about this for the next 10 hours, legit. Uh, but don't you love, uh, like just at the end there, Jesus gave Judas the money bag. <laughs> Imagine getting a felon right out of jail who had, you know, squandered or embezzled money and said, hey, we'd like to hire you to be our CFO, our chief financial officer. We'd like to give you, you should be the head of the counting team. That's what that's like. He was skimming the top. So Jesus wasn't afraid to give Judas the money bag. And that's not what I'm talking about, but I just felt like I had to say that. When we come back to the beginning, though, I love this. I, the, the thing I want the Lord to do in my life and I'm praying for him to do in your life is to make me a better foot washer. I want to be a better foot washer. That's all I want to be. I want to learn how to be a better foot washer. And you're probably like, Caleb, that doesn't sound exciting. <laughs> like, really, that sounds like a sucky job. Listen, I don't want to be a better preacher. I don't want to be a better teacher. I don't want to be a better worship leader. I don't want to be a better writer, author, speaker. None of it. I want to be a better foot washer. And I want my gifts to wash the feet of those around me. That's what I want to do today with my gifts, with my talents. I'm offering them to the Lord that they may wash your feet. Because it's not just a bowl and water and a towel. It's serving. It's releasing you from the junk you've stepped in. It's getting you free of yesterday. It's getting your feet free to run. It's bathing the vessels of motion in your life to get you in motion. Not just emotional, but in motion. Amen? So I just want to be a better foot washer. I want to be a better foot washer for Abraham. And yes, we have, I have literally washed his feet. That's how we ordain people at the resting place. Yes, we do this literally as, a, as an act, but that is not the end of it. I want to be a better foot washer for my wife. I want to wash her feet. I want to wash my son's feet. I want to be a better foot washer. Is anyone with me? This is what I want the Lord to do in my heart. Every day I want it to do, I want to just impart this desire into you as well today. And there's something specific about this story that I feel is for you all today, for this room today, for this message. It's this. Jesus did not wait for Judas to leave the room to start the foot washing. Jesus did not wait for his betrayer to leave before he started the foot washing. He knew he was going to go. This, this moment at number two, or number two, verse two, when during supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, that's, that's before he washed their feet. You understand? So Jesus knew he was washing the feet of the one who would betray him. But it wasn't even here, you guys. This wasn't the first knowing. Maybe he knew since he was a 13-year-old boy that there would be a guy named Judas. I don't know. But we know for sure from John chapter 6, verse 70, that he called him a devil. He said, one of you is a devil. One of you will betray me. So this is chapter 13. All the way chapter, in chapter 6, he knew. Think about, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about, of course, he's God, but he was also fully man. And he restrained his knowing so that he could sympathize with us in our growing to know. And so at the very least, he knew in John 6. Are you with me? 
I just want to, I don't want to go beyond what is written. So we can make assumptions, but for sure I know he knew in John 6. Are you with me? And then weeks, months, maybe years later, that guy's still on the team. That guy's still invited to dinner. That guy is still eating with them, ministering beside them. Judas is still part of the prayer team. Hello? What do we do? We find out somebody's going to mess with us. We find out somebody's going to hurt us. What do we do? We pray for God to remove them from our lives. Or we remove ourselves from them. We create a boundary. And I'm not saying that's unhealthy. It's, there's wisdom in boundaries. Amen? Did you notice that Judas didn't go up the mountain with Peter, James, and John? You know? Did you notice Judas was left with the group? He didn't go further, you know, with, with Jesus into Jairus' daughter's house. Also. Judas was among the outer, outer circle. He wasn't on the inner circle. So there's good boundaries. I'm not saying there's no boundaries. But I'm saying there's no... There was no place in Jesus' heart to expedite the removal of Judas. Jesus was not in a hurry to get his betrayer out of the room. He was in a hurry to wash his feet. Jesus was in a hurry to wash his betrayer's feet. He's like, oh, it's about to happen. He's about to go. He's going to go betray me. I better put the foot washing thing at the beginning of the night, not the end. Because I want Judas here. What if you could pray, Lord Jesus, drive me to the feet of my betrayers? What if you could pray, God, give me the strength to wash my betrayers' feet? Not just wait for them to leave. Not just hope that they'd get out of my space. Hello? Is this a hard word? I, it's okay if it's hard. I just felt like from the Lord to come and say to you, Let's love like Christ. Let's make opportunity to wash our betrayer's feet before the betrayal. <laughs> he did it before the betrayal. That one of the most radical statements in the New Testament, in my opinion, is John 13, 3. Are you ready? John 13, 3. Listen to this. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, say all things into his hands. Jesus, knowing the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God. Say that. He had come from God. And he was going back to God. Say it. He was going back to God. Rose from supper and washed their feet. That is the most radical statement in the New Testament. The most radical statement. This is my opinion. That is the most radical thing. Jesus knew he was in charge of everything. Jesus knew that the Father had entrusted to him all things, like the molecules holding Judas together. You understand Colossians 1 says that in him all things consist. He's literally holding together the bodily form of Judas Iscariot as he walks and trades him his master and Lord for 30 pieces of silver. You understand, Jesus held together the molecules of the men, nailing him to the tree. That's power. That's meekness. He was literally keeping them in one piece while they tore him to pieces. 
knowing all things, the Father had given him all things into his hands, and that he had come from God. Y'all, slow down a little bit with your Bibles and think about this. He knew his origin was the Son of God, not the Son of Man. He was not confused. He wasn't having an epiphany. He knew. He knew. There's a, this is a, a line in the sand right here. Okay, this is before he goes to the cross. This is before John 14. This is before John 17. This is before all these things go down. There's a line in the sand. Jesus knew exactly who he was. No confusion here. He knew exactly what he had. He knew exactly where he came from, which was heaven. And he knew he was going back to God. And what was his first act? I'm not saying this moment is when he knew it all. I'm saying this is when it's written and emphasized that there was a full understanding and knowing. Are you with me? Okay, fully God, fully man. I'm saying this is written on purpose for us. That right after that sentence, it says he rose from supper, laid aside his garments, taking a towel, tied around his waist. He poured water into a basin, began to wash his disciples' feet to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. You think you know the Father has given you an assignment or authority? You think you know your origin in God? You think you know that you will ascend and be with him forever? If you truly do, your life will look like servanthood. True revelation of your kingdom authority will look like washing one another's feet. Not asking to be washed. Not asking to be served. Not expecting to have somebody else do it. But fighting for the low place. Not just the low place. Fighting for the feet of your betrayer. I'm going to wash his feet. I know who I am. I'm going to wash his feet. Whew. Bro. Come on. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not being accusatory. I'm not pointing fingers. But these people that need others to carry their Bibles, these people that complain when others don't show up to their ministry events, things like that, sorry, have no revelation of kingdom authority. I have no revelation of kingdom authority if I think you're here to serve me or my vision. No. The only revelation comes that I serve you. This is how I serve people, by teaching the word of God. This is how I wash people's feet. There are roles and assignments. Are you with me? Are you, I'm, not, I'm not rejecting my assignment from God to lead this church. I'm not. I know I'm an apostolic teacher. I know my assignment. I'm not rejecting that. But I'm saying the way I do that is not from the top. It's from the bottom. I'm an overseer who sees from underneath. I promise you I see a lot, thing, a lot of things better from underneath than over top. Okay? From underneath. Abraham is here to come underneath. Every leader in my structure knows we serve from the bottom. We fight for the bottom. We're support systems. You're not sitting under my teaching. My teaching is holding you up right now. Do you understand? You're not sitting under my teaching. I'm sitting under you trying to wash your feet, trying to remove the things that you're carrying from where you've been, from places that have told you spiritual authority looks like dominance. No, I'm in the toe jam, bro, picking it out, going, that is not what this looks like. And not just with this microphone. Ask Abraham. Ask any of my core team. Ask anyone. I am in their lives pouring my life for them. I'm not bragging on myself. I'm saying we need a new model. We need a new picture. 
We need to get back to the original kingdom authority. We need to look back at how did Jesus lead his people. You all are leading someone, either at work or in your family. You need to take this model and say, if I'm in charge, I'm getting lower. Even the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ as the chief cornerstone. You think you're a prophet? You better support somebody. Don't ask for support. You hear how backwards the church has gotten this. Like we have gotten so far removed from this. God is my provider. You are not. Listen, this is actually really healthy church structure right here. I don't need your money. I don't need you to give. I don't preach for your tithe. That's <laughs> like the worst like nightmare of my life. I don't say stuff so that you'll give. In fact, I tell people, don't give, please. Please don't give if you feel manipulated in any way. So I don't want it. I tell people, I'll give you a refund. <laughs> I will. I don't want your manipulation money. We don't need it. We don't want it. We want pure offerings to the Lord, not to men. Conviction from the Holy Spirit. Knowing that the Father had given all things to his hands, he had come from God and going back to God, he rose from supper. To do what? Yes, to wash Peter's feet. Yes. But to wash his betrayer's feet. You know, this is kind of like a supper. We're feasting on the word. We already had supper. And that's why I'm not hungry yet. You know, that worship to me was, I ate well. You know what I mean? My spirit was full. We have to rise from this supper. Do you understand? Come here. Taste and see that the Lord is good. But rise from supper. Lay aside. It lays aside his outer garments. There's so many pictures here. He became vulnerable. He exposed himself to them. He let them in. He didn't put up walls. He took out, took off his outer garment. He took it off. Said, you're going to see me. You're going to know me. I'm going to be vulnerable with you. That's, that's being a better foot washer. It's not, come here, let me teach you something. You're not going to know nothing about me. You know, I'm just going to tell you the truth, and you better take it, and now it's on you, and nobody can talk to me after church. I need to get into my car and have someone drive me. I, like all that garbage that I know this room has experienced, okay, or at least the spirit of it. Amen? The spirit of it is sometimes even worse because it's like, I don't do those things, but you do. You know, in the spirit, you're expecting that of people even though you don't physically ask. It's even worse because it's sneakier. You know what I'm saying? I don't have time to talk about that. But he removed his outer garments, took a towel tied around his waist. There's been a lot of talk about this. You know, this is like the dirtiest job of a servant. This is the lowest job he could do. But I want you to focus on the fact that it was out of a place of knowing who he was knowing his true authority, that he drove himself to the feet of those who were nasty. And not only the nasty feet, the betrayer. Lord Jesus, drive me to the feet of my betrayers. Yeah, I know. That's a hard one to pray until it isn't. I've done it. Your pastor has done it. There's an anointing on this church for this because of that man right there. He has rushed to the feet of his betrayers out of obedience to the Lord and washed their feet, served them. 
That's Christ in him. That's true leadership. That's being a better foot washer. Oh, poured water into a basin and began to wash their feet and wiped them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And then he came to Simon. This is, this is good stuff. So I just want to point it all out. And I have six minutes. <laughs> so you're going to hear me talk some more. I hope that's okay. I hope it washes your feet. <laughs> he came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Like, what you doing, Willis? Ain't no chance. What's wrong with you? What you talking about, Willis? Jesus answered him. What am I doing? What I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterwards you'll understand. Like, it's okay, Pete. You don't go to it. You don't get it, but it's gonna be all right. Peter said, You shall never wash my feet. Okay. You know the story. He says, I have to. He says, then wash my head. Listen, there's two principles here that I want you to take away from. If you're being led by a foot washer, you don't get to dictate the washing. Judas was a betrayer. Peter was a dictator. He, not just once, twice. He, when he found out, oh, you're going to serve me? You're going to wash me? All right. Well, do it this way, Lord. Do it like this. He went to dictate the washing. At first, he refused it. He was saying no. And then he tried to dictate it. So if you're let, being led by a foot washer, let them wash your feet. You don't get to refuse it, and you don't get to dictate how it's done. Amen. He said, well, I have to do this or you have no part in me. And Peter's like, oh, okay, this gets me a part of you. Let me take a whole bath. I'm diving in head first. You know, like I'm going to just swim around in there. No, no, no. Jesus knew exactly what was needed in that moment. And Peter was not given the place to dictate the method or timing of the washing. But so many of us do that. Oh, okay, you're my pastor now. You're my leader now. All right, well, you better be there when I'm in the hospital. Or you better answer the phone when I call you. Here, pastor, pastor. Come. Come. Come, doggy. You're my servant. You said you served me. Come. Come on. Come on. That is rampant throughout the church. It's everywhere. It's the wrong spirit. It's the wrong reaction to someone choosing to wash your feet. I can tell you that. So don't refuse it and don't dare dictate it. Let it come as it comes. Sure, let your needs be known. But listen, I don't take appointments unless the Holy Spirit greenlights them. Some people are like, can we meet? I say, no. Like, why not? It's like, I can't. Not right now. Come back to me later. And they're like, and then they leave the church like, ah, he won't set a meeting with me. He won't. This has literally happened. Literally. I asked the Lord, when should, what should I do? Should I meet this person? When? And he's like, don't. Don't. I was like, whoa, weird. It's going to be awkward. Okay. No. Can't meet with you. And they're like, well, what kind of pastor? I was like, first of all, first of all, I ain't a pastor. I lead pastors. I pastor pastors, but I ain't a pastor. So you got that one wrong. I'm a teaching apostle. That's what I do. So you... You know, but I really actually am in submission to the Lord, not you. I serve you, but I'm not in submission to you. We mutually submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. If you can't submit to your brother, you have no reverence for Christ. 
Ephesians 5 says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So when I say, no, I can't, the answer should have been like, okay, uh, amen, all good. Instead, it was leaving the church, calling my friends, telling them that I'm a, I'm a, a heretical leader. Straight up, this stuff happens. And I'm just like, you're trying to dictate the washing, bro. I actually care for you, but I care more about what he tells me to do. Because guess what? At that time, in that day, I didn't even have a thing. They're like, can we meet this Tuesday? Da, da, da. I didn't even have any. It wasn't check the calendar. It was check the comforter. It was check the Lord. It's like, mm, yeah, I've got free space. We can meet. No. It's like, Lord? No, don't. Okay. Some have asked me to do premarital counseling, and I've asked. And the Lord said, no, can't do that. What kind of pastor doesn't do premarital counseling? No, I do it, just not for you. I can't do it for you. You know how awkward these emails are? <laughs> these are awkward emails, okay? There's others who I've said yes to out of being to the Lord. They're in the room. It's good. So I do say yes. Do I say yes? They're here. They're, they're testaments. It's not always a no. It's just when he says no, I don't go. I just don't. I don't. And it gets me a bad reputation. <laughs> it does. Because the sheep aren't washed enough to know they can't dictate the washing. We need to learn to let the Lord breathe on the leadership around us. Let the Lord speak it. Let the Lord mutually submitting to one another. If you're a leader, if Pastor Abraham says, I'm sorry, I can't make that. If you get bitter, he's not the problem. Listen, if you get bitter and judgmental and enraged, he's not the problem. You're the one with the problem. Okay? That's how... You have to be able to submit to one another. He needs to submit to you, and you need to submit to him. And I've been wrong before, twice, you know, so I know. I know what it's like. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> Some of you didn't laugh. You're supposed to laugh. <laughs> laugh. No. And then the rest of this goes on. He says, verse 14, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If then the Lord, your Lord and teacher has washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. I've given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. Truly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Do not just be hearers, but doers, performers of the word. If you know these things, do them. It's not good enough just to be a knower. You got to be a doer. I don't, <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> the thing is, we get we get kind of caught up sometimes, and especially in the resting place kind of environment. And it's in our name, the resting place. You know, so people think, oh, I'm going to go there and I'm going to rest forever. I'm never going to do anything because it's called the resting place. And we're like, no. It's actually come rest so you're able to do. It's doing from rest. It's, rest is not inactivity. It's God activity. Do you know that God does everything from rest nowadays? On the seventh day, he rested. He's been resting for thousands and thousands of years and still doing from rest. Jesus is seated, not standing, seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is in the resting place, doing a lot. He's doing a lot. From the place of rest. Amen? So we get caught up sometimes in this whole, I'm just going to receive. I'm just going to be. I'm a human being, not a human doing. You're a human being who's supposed to perform, 
to do the work of the Lord. Amen? So, like, if God is leading you to go out on evangelism with Michael on Tuesday, do it. Don't just be, like, you know, like, sometimes our culture, we get caught up in this, like, no, I'm just sitting with the Lord, and I, I can't go do because I'm just, I'm just receiving from God. Well, you dang received a whole crap ton already, so get up and go. <laughs> go do something with what you got, or else you become a swamp. You take, you take, you take, no outflow, you stink. You stink. Those Christians stink. They come, they eat, they leave, and then they dictate how to be washed. You need to preach on this more. That's dictating the washing. You need to preach shorter, longer. That's dictating the washing. I don't need to go to church. That's refusing the washing. I don't need anyone pouring into me. Jesus is my shepherd. That's refusing the washing. He said, wash one another's feet. How can we do that if we're not together? You need to wash my feet. Not because you need to serve me, but there's things that I'm carrying from my, where I've been that you can clean off of me. Hello? And I have a position to speak and carry the word of God. Abraham has that. And many of you are being called into that now and in the future too. And that's good. But this isn't the only way we wash one another's feet. Right? Financial needs. You can help each other with financial needs because you know one another. That's washing their feet. Are you with me? Proving that God is provider. There's so many. I have to stop now. But there's so many ways. And I just want to pray really quick. And Miriam, can you just play just a little bit? And we're not going to. I don't. I don't know. I just want to take a moment and not just rush past this, this moment. And I want you to really just go to the Lord. Maybe just close your eyes, whatever you got to do. But just go to the Lord for a minute and, and ask him, do I have a betrayer I'm supposed to run to? Do I have one that has hurt me, that I've prayed that they would be far from me, but you have said, wash their feet. Come on, ask the Lord. Is there anyone who I need to run to the feet of, though they have betrayed me, and serve them? And Lord, if so, how? Show me how. Show me how. Help me to keep in step with your spirit, not just to do stuff that you've done, but because your spirit is doing it. So show me the time, the place. Show me. I believe he's going to show you. If that's you in this room and you have a betrayer that's popping up in your mind, the Lord is going to show you. He's going to order your steps and show you exactly when, where, what. So, Lord Jesus, I bless those who need to run to the feet of their betrayers with a bowl and a towel. I bless them to do it. I release the grace and strength to do it. Thank you, Lord. I also pray, God, for those in this room and you just got to ask the Lord, have I refused the washing? Have I refused the washing of the servants of God? Lord, have you sent me a servant to wash my feet and I refuse it? Come on, just this is business with the Lord time. Just ask him. If the answer is yes, then ask, okay, Lord, I don't, I'm sorry for re refusing your servant. Show me how to receive them now. Show me how to receive the washing you want. Jesus name and also God where we have dictated the washing I feel like we've all done this one this is just my opinion I've done it Lord where we have dictated the way you are to wash us we repent come on somebody we repent we say we're sorry does anyone just confess that they did, they've done that anybody 
just me or no you're shaking your head it's okay yeah yeah lord we repent that was messed up it's not our call we will let you wash us through the hands of your servant so that we might run free so that we might be those with beautiful feet <laughs> blessed are those who bring good news they're beautiful are those feet on the mountain of those who bring good news. Lord, I thank you for beautiful feet because we have received your washing. We have not dictated it. We have not refused it. And God, we also say yes to being better foot washers. Come on, would you just say yes to that? Yes, Lord, I want to be a better foot washer. And Lord, we know in order to do it, we have to see it. So we want to receive it first, just like the disciples had to receive it first so they could do it. So Lord, let us receive your foot washers that we might be better foot washers. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.